the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. And welcome to Education America, where we are once again taking steps to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Come along with us here every Saturday night on AM 1280 The Patriot, right here at 6 o'clock, where K-12 through education is the playing field. And as the 16th President Abraham Lincoln so succinctly stated, he said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. I'm Mark Durkin, joined again by my co-host and founder of Liberty Classical Academy, Rebecca Hegstrom. Yeah, good evening. Nice to see you again, Mark. Nice to see you as well. Mm-hmm. It's been cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm ready for that spring break. Right. We never get used to it, no matter how many years no. we've been living Especially here. Especially right? you, because you've been here. You, you haven't actually lived here that long, have No, you? I've lived here for almost 30 years, what? actually. Oh, I didn't remember yeah, that it was that long. A long time. You never but get you're used a, to it. Aren't you a South Carolina boy or something? No, like that? no. That's where I have some family. But I've kind of lived all over the place, oh, Massachusetts. Okay. But oh. yeah, I've been here. So 30 years. Used to. Okay. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, in December, the Minnesota Department of Education released the final draft of the social studies standards, and soon they're going to begin uh, the formal rulemaking process to place the standards in Minnesota's K-12 classrooms. Now, what people need to understand is that this third and final draft includes what the Minnesota Department of Education would acknowledge as a major shift from current standards. And so our guest tonight She's going to join us, and she's going to talk about how ethnic studies standards threatens to turn our state schools into extremist boot camps. Yeah, I know. That's pretty scary, isn't it? Well, joining us again by telephone to discuss the specifics surrounding the third draft of the state standards, which especially we're going to talk about the ethnic Ethnic studies strand, um, is Catherine Kirsten. And Catherine is a writer, an attorney, and a senior policy fellow and director at the Center of the American Experiment, having also served as its chair from 1996 to 1998. Catherine has also served as a Metro columnist for the Star Tribune from 2005 to 2008. She's also served as an opinion columnist for the paper between 1996 and 2013. Catherine was also a founding director of the center and served as its chair from 1996 to 1998. Catherine, it's always a pleasure to have you on our show, Can you, and I just want to say thank you for joining us again. Wonderful to be with you. All right. So, Catherine, let's let's go ahead and begin our discussion tonight with the recently released third and final draft of these uh, social studies standards. You know, what people need to know is that within the standards, the first ethnic study standard teaches that a student's personal identity is determined by his or who, her group status. 
you know, what can you tell us about the second and the third ethnic study standards, and what types of history lessons does this draft specifically seek to replace? Well, um, the the focus on ethnic studies, uh, which did not appear by that name or as a, a so-called uh, fifth new fifth strand in the, in the first draft, um, is is very much focused not on content knowledge, the kind of knowledge uh, students need to, to be informed citizens. It is focused literally on. Um, basically grooming kids to be political activists and specifically to resist uh, uh, fundamental American institutions. So the second of these three ethnic study standards, which will be uh, embedded at K through 12 uh, mm-hmm. curricula, um, is called resistance. Mm-hmm. And in that standard, kids are mm-hmm. going to be instructed to organize uh, together, take action to resist America's, quote, systemic and coordinated exercises of power against marginalized, oppressed groups. Mm. And remember, kids are going to be um, essentially assessed on on these, uh, on meeting these standards. Uh, you know, they're going to be assessed on whether they take action and organize to do the bidding of the uh, extremist ideologues who drafted these standards. You know, it is just shocking. And when you consider the fact that this is for K-12, this isn't just for, um, you know, high school kids. And it's and it's such an all-pervasive viewpoint that filters down into the other strands, too. Isn't that correct, Catherine? Exactly. It's, in, it's embedded in... in all of them in some way or another. I mean, take geography, for example. It is this ethnic studies so-called critical lens, uh, which is basically, you know, critical race theory and then some, is is very evident through the, the K-12 geography standards, for example, as well as a separate strand of ethnic studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really shaping the entire, the entire focus of yeah. all of the social studies standards. Many branches on the same tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yes. <laughs> Good point. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now that we know a little bit about what history lessons the new proposed standards seek um, to, to really eliminate, or you're kind of talking a little bit more about what's going to um, be the focus. Um, but if these uh, new standards are adopted with this ec- ethnic studies um, focus in place, what will our state's children be learning for the next 10 years? Well, you know, I, I've given just a, a few examples uh, in what I've written about this, of these mm-hmm. new standards and benchmarks. For example, um, Kids will learn to view themselves and their classmates as members of uh, what the standards call racialized hierarchies based on dominant European beauty standards. How about that? Or they'll learn that their family's religious beliefs are really the source of, quote, caste systems that are, quote, used to justify imperialism, colonization, warfare, and chattel slavery. So that'll be Christianity. Um, Mm -hmm. And and these kids, as I said, are supposed to resist America's supposed systemic abuse of power against uh, marginalized groups, etc. Unbelievable. And can you talk a little bit about, too, what what is actually going to be missing from the curriculum? Yeah, that would be great for people to know. What will be missing is content of almost 
every kind, especially in in history and geography. So that means um, uh, forget about you know uh, George Washington and the founders. Uh, forget about Abraham Lincoln and the Civil War, uh, World War One, World War Two. That is the causes of these events. Uh, you know the ideas that uh, be behind them. Who was involved? What happened in these in these absolutely central. Uh, conflicts and events. I mean, that's just just not in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and what's really frightening about that is that we've already noticed that right. the generations, uh, the recent generations, are not well versed in American history or world history, and now we're going to further sever um, this understanding of history from our students moving forward if we continue down this path. Yeah, it's really just a complete removal of where we have come from and having no idea where we're going. Which don't we always say, you know, if those who don't know their history, then they're bound to repeat the mistakes of the past. Yes. You know, that's very concerning. Well, we we know that the Minnesota Department of Education uh, is a big player in all of this. You know, Catherine, what are the primary goals of the department as it pertains to uh, ethnic studies and their, as you've written, their relentless fixation in this third draft of the, of the social studies standards? Um, yes, well, the, the uh, department purposely removed content, uh, content experts, subject matter experts from the committee. Uh, no, they they want to. Yeah, they really didn't. There, there was only one historian, uh, one academic historian uh, on the on the drafting committee. She was an expert in basically um, slave religions, or uh, in particular religions of the of the Caribbean and uh, voodoo. Uh, so oh. this is not oh. someone who understands the Federalist Papers. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Needless to say, <laughs> it, it gives you a sense of. Of I, I think you know the goals. The, the goal here really is to uh, disrupt and dismantle the fundamental social and uh, political institutions of this country. Uh, it, it, they they use uh, you know resistance type language right there in the standards. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you if you dig a little deeper and you you look at what ethnic studies is um, as a, as a as a subject matter, so to speak, nationally, uh, it's it's purveyors and these are people uh, who have deep deep roots in California and the the student strikes in 1968 and the creation of the so-called third world liberation. But I am not kidding. Wow! You. That is who they, Somehow that's not they surprising. They are very clear. They are opposed to capitalism. <laughs> they are. You know, they they want to 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 change the world and basically um, reshape it in in their own image. Mm. And it, I mean, it's really people have to understand this is really happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw recently that the Minneapolis Star Tribune endorsed uh, the ethnic studies. They did. Both Minneapolis. Yep. Yep, in a in a column by their um, uh, you know their their editorial page, uh, folks. Uh, yes, and they 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 endorsed it in the Minneapolis and St. Paul public schools, where there will now be required 
in, in coming years required ethnic studies courses to graduate and also endorse it at the state level. And they said, you know, it's got to be done right. But uh, there's no way to do this right. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I, and you've got to wonder how much research do they do before they write a, a column like that saying that they endorse it? Did, you know, because they always the, they use such good language, right? Who want, doesn't want to be in favor of ethnic studies? You know, it implies oh. that you want to learn about other people groups around the world and what have you. That sounds like all well and good. But when you look into these studies or these standards, which is not that hard to do, I would hope Very easy. that nobody would endorse this without going and reading them for themselves right. and seeing how they're going to no, play out. They don't do that. Oh, it appears they do not do that. So frustrating. And like you say, the ramifications are huge. So you were talking a little bit about the history of this, and I know you're going to be doing a piece on that in, in mm-hmm. um, an upcoming magazine. So we'll probably go into that mm-hmm. more in depth in, in a few months. But the mm-hmm. theories and assumptions in the ethnic studies ideological lens are laid out in a 2017 essay titled The Need for Ethical Studies Curricula in Minnesota Schools. What can ethnic you, studies, right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, ethnic studies. Sorry about that. Um, what can you tell us about the lead author of this piece and their organization, and what does it say about the historical yeah. purpose behind these standards? It's very important to to know this. The, the lead author of this uh, piece was uh, Jonathan Hamilton, okay. who uh, is a, a, uh, a very influential member of the committee that drafted these standards. He is also a professor at McAllister College, mm. and he's a leader of a group called Education for Liberation Minnesota. Hmm. And this is a group that has described our state's K-12 education system as a, quote, white supremacist puzzle that must be taken apart and exposed for the lie that it is. Wow. And um, they, this, this article in which Hamilton was lead author says that K-12 standards have been created in order to maintain the existing power structure of privileging whites. Oh, my goodness. Ethnic studies is a political struggle to change that system. I mean, listen, people. Yeah, the word. what they want to do. They want systemic change, and it's not for the better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, again, you've got to wonder. I'm sure this gentleman... um, I'm just guessing he's probably white. (laughs) Not that that should matter. Oh, he's not. Oh, okay. Okay. I was just going to say the thing that shocks me about this is that so often what we see is that there are a lot of elite whites that are pushing this agenda. And I know you and I have some common friends who are not white and um, they are some really strong black women and they get so frustrated that some of these elitist whites seem to tell them what they should want as, as black moms. So and, true. And I, I just spoke with a teacher today in, in a Twin Cities public school who teaches in a school that's very heavily minority. And this teacher was saying that minority students there, um, by and large, reject this whole ideology, which is demeaning to them and yes. tells them that they're victims, they can't succeed. So uh, you are very, you are very yeah. right about that. And, and of course, the, the white elite establishment is heavily, heavily pushing this yeah. in the world of education. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's just, talk about oppression, right? That's yes. where the true yes. oppression is coming from. Right. Um, it's really, it's just so disturbing. In some of your your writings, Catherine, you've talked about the three ideological tenets that Mm. Minnesota's new ethnic studies standards seek to 
aggressively teach Minnesota students. You know, can you break that down for us a little bit? Sure. And um, these are these are the, the fundamental tenets of critical race theory. What what um, ethnic studies is 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 kind of the source of this and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the the tenets are really the same. Um, kids learn that their skin color determines who they are, their identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they learn that life is a never ending power struggle between uh, oppressor and victim groups. Again, mm-hmm. uh, based uh, on skin color among other uh, traits, and they learn that American history is, is a doleful story that, that should create guilt in white students, story of, of oppression, marginalization, injustice, uh, et cetera, uh, you know, that, that the world is bleak and uh, that people with white skin and males in particular are, are to blame for this dastardly state of affairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially white Men, right? White men. Oh yes. my gosh! I was just looking at a California ethnic studies curriculum, mm-hmm. and it has a matrix where you have to say kids have to say who is to blame for all these terrible things. Right down the line, the answer is white men. White men. White men. Wow! I mean, you got to see it to believe it. Wow! Wow! And this is an assignment that the students had in in California, is what you're saying, right? You... This this is yeah. a curriculum, curriculum. created okay. by the people. People who are behind the um, what we're seeing here in Minnesota yeah. today. Okay, okay. And I know we've talked about this before, Catherine, but don't you find it interesting that there is such a, um, a similarity between these three tenets that you just mentioned? You know, the skin color as your identification, mm-hmm. as your identity for your group, are basically splitting us into groups by skin color. Um, yep. That there's a power struggle between vict- victim slash oppressed. Um, and that the U.S. Uh, has an, a history of oppression. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that sounds uh, very similar to uh, the communist manifesto and this whole idea of, you know, the proletariat and the bourgeois? We've really just replaced proletariat and bourgeois with uh, skin color um, as the oppressed versus the victim. Um, do you see no, a lot of no, similarity no there? No question. No question. Yeah. And it is not only that, uh, that you see it uh, theoretically expressed. Mm-hmm. This, this is the, um, this is the, the campaign strategy uh, that was uh, a centerpiece um, with Vladimir Lenin uh, in the Ukraine, say. It, it has to do with creating divisions yeah. among social groups, getting people to kind of fall into a tribal mentality and rubbing raw these resentments that, that you create or you fan, mm-hmm. and then into the chaos that results Step uh, these folks. This is exactly the recipe followed with the Cultural Revolution in China, mm-hmm. which really relied on young people, radicalizing, indoctrinating young people, and they go around, uh, you know, sort of creating new a new world and mm-hmm. tearing down the old, uh, thinking they're doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. So really, this whole racial um, issue is a Trojan horse to usher in some of these communist um, ideas and ideals into our culture, wouldn't you say, maybe? Well, and you just have to ask yourself, how could a thinking person um, adopt this kind of program with the idea it would help young uh, minority children? 
succeed. Now, if anybody right. can see when you tell them that they have no agency, that they're they're perpetual victims, that they should be constantly angry, instead of teaching them to read and write, you right. teach them to resist. How are they ever going to get a job right. or or keep a family together? Yeah. It's it's so destructive. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's a there's. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of sort of followers who don't get it, but mm-hmm, the folks mm-hmm. behind it clearly do. They know what they're doing. Well, think yeah. about the double-edged sword on that, too. You know, we talk about the content that's being removed from social studies yeah. standards. Yeah. They're point. not talking about these communist regimes <laughs> right. that you know, oh. came to surface in the 20th century and what the fallout was from that. Right. So the people that are you know, being indoctrinated with this today will never know the fallout if they don't excellent have the historical point. understanding. Yes, that is an excellent point, yeah. Well, I know you mentioned the term resistance a few times and that that is a big part of the ethnic studies strand. Um, and maybe you've covered a, a little bit of this, but are there some specifics around how that whole element of the strand will play out in Minnesota's K-12 pre- classrooms? You bet. And I think one that, that really should catch parents' eye is is the new uh, anti-policing benchmarks that were mm. introduced in this final draft, not in the second, not in the first. Wow. But um, you understand this when you come to understand that the, the forces behind ethnic studies, which again you know, sprang directly from the 1968 student strikes and riots in, in Berkeley, et cetera. Mm-hmm. These, these are people like Angela Davis, who was mm-hmm. a radical black activist mm-hmm. who who believed in abolition, abolition of prisons, abolition of police, so abolition of border yeah. controls. No, I mean, it's all there. You just need to Google it. Yeah. And so what we see, of course, we don't hear it exactly this way in our standards, but um, the kids are supposed to study um, under ethnic studies standards. Um, they include a requirement that they, quote, understand the roots of contemporary systems of oppression. Well, one of those is uh, police, the, you know, uh, our law enforcement. Hmm. So um, you see that uh, the standards will require first graders to examine contemporary policing and its historical roots in early America. <laughs> first graders. Mean? Well, you, yeah. So you, yeah, fifth graders. Oh, fifth so, graders. So you just, okay, still. You just, um, you just push a little into, you look at the Education for Minnesota website, uh, people who are, are responsible for these standards in part, and mm-hmm. what do you see? Well, they've got a report on there that says that um, contemporary uh, police forces spring directly from slave patrols and, um, and the Indian removal posses oh from, you know, goodness. the 1860s. Yep, right there. It's a curriculum they've already got written, and it matches, they say, the... Uh, Minnesota K-12 uh, standards. Uh, wow. And, and then sixth graders have to study uh, what they call the goals, offenses, penalties, etc., of Minnesota's juvenile justice system and evaluate the impact on youth, including those from historically disenfranchised groups. We know what they're going to say about that. Mm-hmm. And high schoolers have to, ex- quote, explore how criminality is constructed, that is made up, and what makes a person a criminal? So, so they're saying. Well, if, if you read the the um, Education for Liberation uh, report and curriculum, you find that they say there that students, uh, you know, minority students who uh, are troublesome and you know do do bad things in school, are not responsible for this because they are the 
they are um, consciously or unconsciously responding to the racism that oppresses them. So they can't be blamed for misconduct in school. Talk about infantilizing. That's for for sure. Not only that, but setting them up for a lifetime of failure. Because if you're, you know, you cannot allow kids to just run rampant. And we know that that's what's happening in a lot of our, especially Mm -hmm. inner city schools. And we've had Aaron Benner on a few times to tell his story. Wonderful. He's a black man who tried to resist all of this and uh, still got met with being pushed out of his position. Pushed out. Yeah. So. It is well, think about really what, what this means for the lives of, uh, you know, uh, say a, a 16-year-old black student who is told for years that he should be resisting the, the police. And then, um, the, you know, some kind of police encounter and he resists right. every single incident that gets into the headlines where there's uh, you know, a, a black person who is being uh, in a police encounter. That person resists arrest. Uh, you know, threatens the police, whatever. That is so dangerous. Yeah. That's putting the lives yeah. of these kids in danger yeah. to tell them that they should be doing this because the you know, police uh, are, are such unjust and you know, there's, there's, you know, right. modern day slave patrols. Mm. Mm. It's just completely backwards from the way it should be. <laughs> it is unbelievable. You know, Catherine, let's let's shift to the uh, the parents here. We'll, we'll put our ourselves in their shoes here for a moment. Okay, they're Mm -hmm. maybe oblivious to what we're talking about here. Um, Whether or not they go and they do the research for themselves and see what this would all entail in terms of their children's education, what can they expect, though, in terms of an outcome of such a biased and misleading approach in this instruction if they allow their children to undergo this type of indoctrination? Well, I think every good thing they try to teach their children uh, in the home is likely, or many of those good things, to be contradicted and and mocked. I Mm -hmm. mean, in the classroom, if if you look at this, what I mentioned before about uh, the depiction of families, religious, of religions as being used to justify imperialism, colonization, slavery, warfare, etc. This is radical doubt of, of you know, what's at the heart of, of many families' notion of, of the meaning of, of life, what it is to be a human being. Right. Uh, and it starts, it's going to start in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Catherine, you've been um, researching and writing a lot on this topic. How do you think our public schools got sucked into promoting and teaching mm-hmm. this extremist agenda in the first place? Well, um, this this idea of of you know, what it is to be an American and what it is to be a human being has been prevalent in our institutions of higher learning for decades. Mm-hmm. The the ethnic studies departments, mm-hmm. such as Black studies, you know, uh, Hispanic studies, etc., you know, women's studies, mm-hmm. uh, these were all created as a, initially in, in the late 60s um, because of of the, the sort of riots uh, uh, that took place to the campus unrest. You know, remember Cornell, uh, 1969, I think, where black militant students took over the president. I mean, we're talking 50 years ago. So this is the course, this is what happened in 50 years, that mm-hmm. This radical stuff that used to be on the fringe is now a massive industry, you know, at the heart of our DEI, of our, that is diversity, equity, inclusion, right. um, in our universities and our teachers' colleges have been teaching this 
for 20 years. And mm-hmm. the NEA, NEA, the National Education Association, the union, are, um, is, is very much a supporter of, of this ideology. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it was really the, the sort of George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, huge push during COVID and the decision by the Department of Education here in Minnesota to stack the standards drafting committee with people who believe that to omit social studies, so uh, subject matter experts, mm-hmm. um, they, they knew exactly what they wanted to put in place, and now they've now they've done it. Yeah. At least, unless we can stop it. Yeah, yeah, yep. so disturbing. Well, Catherine, we are already out of time, and I just want to say thank you again for your excellent work, and we'll invite you on in a couple months after you've done a little bit more research on the background of these. Um, standards and the people behind them. And I just hope that all of our listeners will take the time to go read these standards for themselves and understand the impact that they'll be having on their children. And uh, if you have concerns about that, that you will speak out about it and uh, contact your legislator if you need to do that. So thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, Mark. Yep. Nice to see you again. Yes. Nice to see you and listen to this podcast at savetheclassroom.com. Good night. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.